It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Landry, LandryFootball.com on the BCSI Hotline joins us on every Wednesday during football season. Chris, good morning to you. Morning, David. How are you? I'm okay, man. Uh, well, actually, not that well. At that LSU game, buddy. Uh, let's break that one down. A game that is kind of confusing to me because LSU found some offense. A&M's defense was really good until the last minute of the game. Well, the second half, I should say. First half, they, they had their struggles. Just kind of sum up the way you saw this game play out. Well, uh, obviously, as, as they do, as they always do, they do a pretty good job of adjusting to what people. A lot of times in the early part of the game, it's, it's basically game plan oriented, and you have a lot of what we call unscouted looks. And I thought that um, LSU had some success early, and I thought A&M adjusted defensively. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the A&M's defense kind of took over the rest of the game, and LSU's offense couldn't do anything. And look, uh, can sum it up easily. On the last drive, they weren't able to get the pressure that they got in the previous drives. And, you know, had a lot of three-man pressures, and you don't want to give – you know, when you when you look at a, a kid like Max Johnson, you he's not – overly athletic and and he needs a little time to set his feet but when he can set his feet he can make some throws accurately and they just allowed him to get comfortable in the pocket on that last drive um look there's a lot of things here you know i mean i <laughs> i thought clemens were bit ridiculous. i thought that that whole pass rush up front was just dominating the game for a&m and so you know i they they just couldn't finish and i i didn't think they they brought enough pressure late. They brought enough pressure late, and the game, you know, I would have finished the game there. Um, so that's defensively, and, you know, whether you're, you don't have enough bodies, enough legs, or whatever, I, I just think they didn't bring enough people uh, in the pass rush late. It is difficult for the defense to consistently have to kind of carry this team because the offense has been ineffective they have they have no consistency no rhythm no pace no um no real success at all in the passing game save for a you know look at the Alabama game and that was the anomaly that's not the norm that's that's the they've just been a at best a very average passing game it's um yeah it's you know a lot of quarterback driven a lot of drop balls some protection issues at times at just some uh, at different points in times during the year but you know, it's the reason why, you know, they've, they've got four losses. It's the, it's little things that will, you know, end up costing you. It's a game they clearly should have won. I mean, um, 
LSU's down a whole bunch of players and yeah, the young guys played hard, but you know, AM just, they just didn't, it doesn't matter if you're the better team. You have to, you have to play like it and you have to finish. And they just, they just didn't do a very good job of that. And you, you can't let teams, you know, hang around. Look, I, I made the comparison last week that this game was a lot like the Auburn game. And it was, it played out exactly that way. Auburn couldn't run away from AM, you know, offensively. They, they, you know, they, they, they don't have a lot of offense. LSU doesn't either. The difference is, is AM was able to make some really big plays on defense that actually score some points. They just were not able to score enough points to put LSU away. It's one of those games that as a coach, it drives you nuts because you can go through any one of scenarios. Uh, and I know everybody, you know, fans will talk about play, uh, officials calls and all that. And all that has an effect on, on games. Uh, but you have to handle the things you can c- control. And what they could control, they didn't control like they needed to. And, you know, and this is the, that's the difference, though, between being a, an 8-4 and four or 10-2. and two. And probably looking at this season a whole lot differently, you know, 10-2 and two versus 8-4. Uh, and four. And it's just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't, it's a frustration thing for the staff, for the, I'm sure the fans and everybody, but it's a lesson in all the little things matter. All the little things add up to being really important. It's, it's how obviously in this day and age, you manage a roster, having some other options to go to have other ways to be able to, if you're going to struggle in the passing game, you got to find other ways to get it done. And, I think against some teams, they were able to do it and finish. Others just couldn't quite finish. And you just you just don't want to leave a team, even one that was just kind of – LSU played hard. They played hard down the stretch. You just you just can't leave the door open. Um, that's, that's what happened, as I see it, along with a few other things, of course. But that, that's, the, that's the most important thing. Calls, look, they're bad calls could have been a call differently and the game would have been over there could have had a little bit more pass rush at the end game could have been over there could have made another play it just offensively could have finished a little bit better you know there's a lot of ways where they the, but you know the what if game is played by everybody that loses and you know when you win it's hey yeah that's the way god intended <laughs> yeah. well, well i do gotta ask you about one particular what if the punt strip that from an Aggie fan perspective, there was no forward progress. There was no whistle. Um, it looked like the Aggies had the ball immediately. The game yep. should have been over in our perspective. You are very in the middle. How did you see that play? Oh, I thought it was a bad call. Uh, it, when it happened live, I, you know, I, I'm like, I wasn't quite sure exactly whether whistle blown or whatever. Yeah, it was a fumble. There's no question. But again, you know, from a coaching standpoint, what you tell your team is, you see, when you're the better team and you don't take care of business, a bad call like that could cost us a game. You know, you, you can sit there and say, well, the official cost you the game. Well, what, what could we have done to prevent that? I mean, in my opinion, I mean, A&M just objectively looking at it should have been up 14, 17 points by that point to where that doesn't matter. Yeah, if the call is made correctly, and then wins the game. But you know, my my point is is why are you struggling against a team you should beat? You should beat Hanley. Um, 
That's the bigger issue. That's the coaching point. We can you know, evaluate the officiating. That's a that's another show. That probably need to need to put a week uh, blocked out for me to we can go over officiating and how it could be better and all that. We don't have time, but yeah, absolutely. But that's kind of the point. And yeah, officiating needs to be better, and a lot of things we can do to make it better. Uh, in my view, and again, I don't want to go on a tangent on that, but as a coach, yeah, you you handle the officials in that way. But once you start, you know, and and he, and I know he won't do it. Is you, you, with your team, you're talking about what you didn't do and what we didn't do as coaches, and what you didn't do as players, and what we got to get better at because you can't allow yourself to be in that situation. Because you know what, if it's a close game. You'll play near perfect. It hurts a lot more when that gets taken away from you. I, I've been there. I've been on both sides of that where I've had, I was in the Music City Miracle game and, 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 you know, I mean, like, you know, just, I've been in other games where it, it, it cost us the game and maybe cost us a championship and another ring, all those things, you know, but I always said, you know what? Did I do a perfect job as a coach? And did I do, and, and, you know, that's the way – that's the takeaway from it because in the end, if the call is made correctly and a wins, okay, the record's one game better, but the execution and the performance, still a problem. And that, that sometimes, you know, in a weird way, the loss brings that, bubbles it to the surface a little bit more where you figure out, you know, we got we got to – how we do things – and how we execute things and how we prepare things need to be a little bit better so that we play. I, I would say this to sum it up. Did AM play to their maximum capabilities? In my opinion, no, they didn't. LSU played closer towards what they are at this point than AM did. And that, that to me, you know, from an AM standpoint, looking at it objectively, I give credit for playing really hard and playing well, all things considered with, you know, and then, and m I'm like, eh, you know, that that really wasn't a good performance to to get outplayed in some cases outcoached by, you know, not an impressive group in my view. Chris, I think one of the frustrating parts about this season is you look at the four losses, mm-hmm. all winnable games in the fourth quarter, even the Arkansas game where it looked like you were getting blown out. It was a one score game in the fourth quarter, the Ole Miss game. You have a chance to take the lead. You should have taken the lead, a drop pass by Demas in the end zone. The uh, Mississippi State game, a safety at the end. There's so many different games you can point out one or two plays, and it goes kind of goes back to your point. You are who you are. If you continuously lose games that come down to a play or two, that's because that's who you are. Yeah, and th- this is a um, not an apt comparison of where the programs are. Nebraska lost nine of them this year like that. Imagine that. They've lost nine one-possession games. So they're sitting there thinking, my God. What, you know, I mean, it's a completely different team in the season. But why do you consistently lose those games? Mental mistakes. They, they make the most mental mistakes of anybody in college football, Nebraska does. They're, they're some of the most inconsistent in, in special teams breakdowns. So the takeaway is, why can't you finish? Why haven't you done it? That's you're 100% right. Now, in Tuscaloosa, they're saying we dropped two balls or we beat AM and AM played a near perfect game. You know, but AM, you don't think about that because you want it. You only look at the losses. And that's what you have to do uh, 
from an objective standpoint, you have to look at your team and say, did we play to a maximum effort execution assignment? That's what you have to do. That's what you have to achieve, which is why the whole saying of the process, that's all that matters. Because in the end, all you can do is control assignment, effort, execution, and then the result is going to be relative to how well you're able to do that relative to your opponent and how good you are. In college football, you can recruit yourself to a level to where you can sometimes fool yourself. You may, you know, not the staff, but usually a lot of fans in the media, they won these three games. They just won them on personnel. They were that much better. They didn't do those things very well. You know, I, I think they were able to maximize and do things. Well, you could look at a couple of the wins and say, man, it could have gone a different way either. So, um, look, you are what your record says you are because you didn't finish. You didn't, you know, execute well enough against Mississippi State, against LSU. Those are two games that they probably mostly should have won. Um, but but you didn't. Well, why didn't you? You can bemoan, well, we didn't. We're good enough. That, yeah good enough to win it you can what if a team again that's won three games into they could have won nine instead of three well there's a reason why you know teams that are not good enough talk about how they weren't able to win this game or win that game and the ones that do find a way to win those I didn't think Alabama last week I mean I thought they it looked like the good enough team but you know Auburn couldn't close the door and Alabama did um you just it that's kind of the way football is in college it's getting your program to a point where as you're trying to achieve perfection which is you're never going to achieve it but you've got to try you can sometimes overcome that with personnel in the nfl it is about personnel but the talent's more evenly dispersed i think the takeaway is you know from an, an a&m standpoint from jimbo standpoint We've got to figure some things out offensively to get the offense going when we're struggling. Because the one thing that I would say about this season is the offense or the one-sided capabilities of the offense. And, and in some cases, the ineptness in one part is kind of ruined the defense that kind of carried you most of the way. It's kind of like, man, I carried the refrigerator for two miles and then the last 50 feet, I couldn't finish it. Well, what the heck's going to you know, I think the defense was put under a lot of stress this year, and they weren't perfect, and they made mistakes. But I thought, I thought they really kept them and gave them a chance to win every game this year. But they weren't good enough on offense to do it, and that's the takeaway to me. And you know, next year you are going to have a lot of changes with a lot of key guys on defense. And so going forward, that's the takeaway. That to me, not about eight and four, nine and three, 10 and two, you are what you are now go about making it to where you don't have that anymore uh, to where you can overcome things because these things, you can't wait this long to begin to fix things. Cause it might cost you, if it costs you two games, then you're always talking about, you know, we had a pretty good team and we're going to a decent bowl game, but we're not elite anymore. And that's what the, the goal is. Chris, I, I, I guess I'm, we're running out of time, but I got a couple other things I want to run with you. Sure. Let's talk about road games because this team, that's where they struggle mostly, right? Was on the road. And I would say even defensively, as good as they were, 
on the road in the first half of games, first quarter of games, they give up a ton of yards, not always points, but a ton of yards. Teams were able to move on them. Do you believe sometimes teams are just not good on the road? Um, it can be. It depends on who you're playing on the road, how good those teams are, what their kind of matchups are. So to me, it's not always about being on the road is if you're playing a really good team on the road, that's very difficult to do. And if you're playing a team that is an offensive based team, say that can explode on you, then that's a style matchup that at home or on the road is going to be difficult on the road is going to be that much more difficult. The other thing is teams do a pretty good job of having a game plan. The, the real sign of good coaching is the ability to adjust in game. I think A&M defensively does an extraordinary job of adjusting to what teams are doing uh, it, it, during the game, the start of the game. You know, if they do something that's unscouted, your guys are not going to be as prepared for it. You need to adjust to it quickly. Um, those are things that I notice, you know, at least this year. All right, last thing for you, and uh, I want a scout's perspective here, college football, NFL, whatever you wanted to to base it on. Zach Calzada, what kind of quarterback is he when you watch him? Because he's had some moments of being a hero, and then the offense has stalled as well. He's, a, he's got a lot of physical gifts. He doesn't have enough experience. Um, and I would say this, that, you know, not having anybody to go to after Haynes King went down, it puts him in a tough spot. So he's in there and yeah, you know, everybody wants to make a definition of what a guy is college or NFL immediately. The, the bottom line is you never stay the same. So I do think that at this, he's a tough guy. He'll compete. He's got physical gifts, but is he against people that are against good defenses that are going to give him different looks? He's going to miss a lot of it. He's a young guy. I expect him to be better two and three years down the road, but I think the bigger question and the more important question is there's a huge gap, and, and this is difficult in the transfer portal age, but if you're going to be an elite program and your starting quarterback goes down, and the best you got is a young guy that's got physical gifts, but he's not ready, and you, and you can't go to anybody but a, but a walk, then that's something that in this day and age, in roster management, you got to have some other options because ever, we ever think about what if Zach Calzada went down? Want a vision what the offense would be then? I don't, I don't, I don't know that, you know, no disrespect. <laughs> so the point is, no, he's not good enough yet. But yet is the key, and he may never be, but we won't know until he gets more reps and gets more work. And maybe not having a guy that is maybe that sophomore that has mobility to be a change of pace that they could have put in situationally, they didn't have that option. And that's something that I know that they would have liked to have had, and they've got to look at making sure that they don't get in that position again. Because quite frankly, that could have been the difference right there between, you know, eight and four and 10 and two. It's difficult in today's, you know, roster management world with the transfer portal. You're the best, Chris. Thanks so much, my friend. Hey, enjoy it. Have a great one. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.